Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, I am here with my friend, Ryan Duggar. Thank you, Ryan, for making time for the Boca Podcast. Thank you, Nathan. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and I've been looking forward to this. We chatted originally back in, was it October? Or yeah, November? I believe so. Mm-hmm. We're at the end of January now, and so it's been a, a few months. But the moment that we connected was actually at a, a local networking meeting here in Chattanooga. Yep. We're sitting here in person, downtown Chattanooga right now, in a really cool office space. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But we started chatting and within just a couple of minutes, I was like, man, this is, this is great. Yeah, Here's it was somebody awesome. that can, that can yeah. jive in conversation. Yeah. We got to do a podcast, you know, ultimately. for sure. So, we had a lot to talk about. So. Yeah, it was good. I, we <laughs> it talked about coffee, actually. A lot of coffee. Yeah. And, yeah. And we normally get into kind of the personal side of things a little bit later, but I want to, let's just go ahead and dive into that. Tell us about making coffee because this, uh, I love coffee. Probably many of our listeners love coffee. Yes. You got into not only well, making your own coffee, but but you're actually roasting your own beans. Yeah, so you know, I, I would definitely consider it a hobby. I'm not a coffee expert, but okay. man, do I love coffee! Like you know, <laughs> I, I love you know. Don't don't pass me the milk because I'm not putting it in my coffee. Oh, so you know, purist too. Purist. Okay. I, I love the complexities of different coffees and. Over the years, like I, I was uh, fortunate to travel to Europe, and you know I lived on espresso over there, and that's actually where I started to develop a love for coffee. And it was when I got back, I was like, man, I, I want to make coffee like I had over there. And yeah. so I was experimenting and trying different things, and you know the the love kind of turned into a, a hobby of roasting coffee. So yeah, it's something I play around with. And you were talking about the roaster, and and we looked it up. It looks like yeah. almost like a just a toaster, toaster like oven. Slide a yeah, it looks like a toaster in. oven. It's yeah. got like this round barrel and it just spins, kind of put it on different timers and you have bean profiles. I'm getting nerdy now, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of, uh, relaxing too, to just kind of, uh, turn the roaster on, yeah. read a book or, you know, just kind of sit there and kind of watch the beans and yeah. It's, and you said it took like, what, 20 to 30 minutes to, to roast a batch? Yeah, to roast a full, uh, I usually do like a half a pound or a, a pound and yeah, usually 20 to 30 minutes and you have, you have beans, you let them sit for, you know, uh, a good 24 hours, 48 hours okay. until they're at their peak flavor okay. and oh you never tasted like more fresh coffee than that. It's, I can imagine. So, I, yeah. I'm going to have to get to make uh, get you to make me a batch sometime. For sure, I will. After I you will. after you described this last time, in fact, the conversation about coffee I think centered around. Well, I, I said, hey, I, you need to try this local roaster, yeah, Velo, yeah. which I'm a huge fan of. In fact, we send coffee out to a lot of our guests from yeah. Velo. But and since then, since then, I've actually, uh, I you know, I tried them when I first moved here. Okay, and. I don't know if it was maybe I just got the wrong the the I probably got the one coffee that's like not in my favorite okay. area. But okay. since this actually since we had that conversation, that's pretty much all I've drank. Really? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, they're white label stuff. Yes. So good. Amazing. Oh, it's incredible. So yeah. Yeah. If, if you guys like coffee, you've got to go to I think it's VeloCoffee.com yeah. is their website. Yeah. And you can order it there. It's absolutely amazing. That's great. I, it was my first introduction to the idea that coffee is a fruit 
Right. right. It's easy to forget about that, especially a lot of the coffees that, that we drink. Yeah, um, the charcoal public, stuff. Ex- yeah, charcoal, Charbucks exactly. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have to, to check that out. But we normally start the podcast off with what I call the aha moment. Very simply, this would be maybe your toughest or biggest learning experience, um, kind of a turning point for your business. What comes to mind when you think about that? So the big moment for me was... When me and my wife, we were still living in Nashville, this is about four years ago, and we both came to this realization that the typical American dream was not what we had pictured for ourselves. Okay. You know, we, you know, I had a job that I was not happy at. Uh, I was working my tail off. I was doing freelance, you know, I've been doing that for, for so long, but there seemed to, you know, be something out there that we both dreamed of. And so it was at that moment we were like, okay, we have a goal of what our ideal life will be. So let's get there. You know, and that's after we had our first child, Max, and, you know, we weren't getting to spend as much time with him as we wanted to and as much time together. So, um, that was the moment where we decided, all right, let's do what we can to make the life that we dream of. I love it. So that was it. And and that very simple proactive notion that you then did something about obviously is right. huge. And we're going to actually talk today about the transition that you then ended up making from being a part-time photographer, a cinematographer to, to going full-time. You've got this really cool space in downtown <laughs> Chattanooga. We were actually looking around before we started recording and it's absolutely stunning. Uh, of course, the wonderful exposed brick it, that even the table that were that that is in the conference room that we're sitting at has a lot of character. My my microphone is actually resting on a cigar box, <laughs> as if we can't get any more hipster than that. Um, but but it's a really really great space, not only for shooting, but um, you said you're even renting the space to local photographers as well. Yeah, I'm, I've actually got a photographer coming this weekend, so I love to to be able to share the space and to share ideas with other photographers. I'm not one to keep everything to myself. So even if they just want to come in, look at the space, hang out, like, you know, talk photography or ideas or, you know, a project they want to work with me on, I love it. So I love collaboration. And part of this space was, you know, inspiring me to be able to do that, to have a space that, you know, I, I say, man, I, I need to share this. Like, yeah. let's let's do some stuff. So it's great. Yeah, other photographers are always welcome to come in, rent the space, share it, sit in with a shoot for with me. So, yeah. Chattanooga photographers, you, you heard it on the Boca podcast. Make sure to come... <laughs> Check out Ryan's studio space. It really is, it really, really is lovely. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about your business, what actually it is that you do, what your brand represents here in just a bit. But I do want to, you mentioned your wife. Um, I want to hear more about your family, about your kids. Tell us more about that. Okay. So um, my wife, her name is Jeanette, and I have two young boys, five and three. Uh, That's Max and Leon. Leon just turned three. So we just celebrated his birthday. And we're actually going to Legoland next week. That's coming up. So we're we're very excited. uh, And the the kids are going nuts about that. So um, yeah, we are all originally from Nashville. And uh, we made the move to Chattanooga about three and a half years ago. You know, it's right after that aha moment, yeah. we, we made some big moves. So my boys are little rowdy ones. They're <laughs> three and five. Yeah, oh, that age will do it. Yeah, they definitely use up all the energy in the household. <laughs> let me just put it that way. Okay. But I love them to death. How do you guys like to spend your free time? I know you're getting ready to travel to Florida, go to mm-hmm. Legoland, but how else do you like to spend your free time together? And that's one thing uh, that I've 
you know, purposely made sure that I do is when I do have free time, uh, my family's first. Like I, I really focus on giving my boys my free time because, you know, when you do work for yourself, you have to make sure that when you are working, you're focused. Yes. A lot of times I am at home, you know, and I have my boys running around and yeah. it's tempting to go out there and wrestle them for a little bit. It's true. Not saying I don't, but, <laughs> you know, you do have to stay focused and there's got to be balance. So my free time, yeah, like we'll, we'll go outside and we'll play soccer or t-ball. We actually have some woods behind the house, so we'll go That's cool. a little hiking and yeah. stuff like that. So, And is your wife in the photography industry as well? So my wife uh, is not, but she I'm actually training her to do some video work with oh, me. Oh, that's cool. So, okay. you know, wedding films, or, uh, that's something I started last year for another company. And so this year, uh, I'm still doing some films for them, but I'm also going to do some with me and my wife kind of teaming up and doing some. So that's cool. She is learning that, but she, the funny thing is she has such a natural eye. What, what even, I don't think I do. And and a lot of (laughs) photographers surprisingly don't just have that innate ability to see the perfect shot. Yeah. She'll pick up a camera. We went, when we went to Europe she took probably the single best photo of the Eiffel Tower I've ever seen. Really? And nailed it. And I've never seen that same angle. And yeah. she's like, I don't know. I just took it. <laughs> like, how do you do that? We're going to have to get a copy yeah. of that for the, for yeah, the show notes seriously. so that our listeners can see that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's cool. How do, you, how do you guys like to spend time together? Just the two of you. Oh, you know, we're movie buffs, and so we we like to snuggle, you know, once we get the kids in bed, which is some work to do, but once we get them in bed, we, you know, some quiet, we'll, you know, we have uh, some good alone time, and we'll watch some some Netflix or a, a movie or something. We love to travel, too, so. What's a, uh, what's a favorite movie you've seen lately? Can you think of um, one? Or a show for that matter. Oh, you know what? We, we've actually gone back and we're watching the whole Office series again. Are you really? Because, oh, oh man, it's so good. It's hard to it, beat that. Yeah. yeah. And it's just timeless. Yeah. Like, I'm still laughing so hard. Yep. It's like, yeah. So we just kind of went back and watched that. So, have yeah. you seen the British version? Have you watched any of the British yeah, version? Yeah. I can't say that it was like my favorite. I, I like it. Yeah. But just not as compelling. Yeah. Okay. And I think it was probably because I watched the. Uh, U.S. version first, and I just had the this connection to the characters, and it was hard totally for me to sense. like. Oh well, no, that's not joy, you know. Like, uh, so, uh, but I totally get how people were like, "Oh, that's the better one. That's so good." Yeah, it is a different style of humor, but it's it's quite entertaining. Too, yeah, if you it give is. It a bit of time. It's yeah. it's its own humor. You yeah. know, it, it is. You kind of have to separate the two, even though it is The Office. It is kind of its own you know, totally different office. So That's true. yeah, it's cool though. How do you guys make that time for each other, for your kids, uh, for travel for that matter? I mean, the idea of going to Europe, if you're a business owner or anywhere else for that matter is it can be a bit daunting at time. Is yeah. there, there's certain things that you do to create that, that space for yourselves? Um, you know, the, the most important thing is like, like I kind of touched on work life balance and, you know, part of that aha moment is when we decided, okay, what, are things that we want to do and accomplish, you know, and what do we need to do to get there? So, yeah, in order to, to get to those things, to be able to travel like we want to, there's sacrifices that have to be made, a lot of sacrifices, especially when you work for yourself. And there's got to be that time where you you grind it out. You do everything you can, you know, to save money and to, to make that time. A lot of times I tell her, like, 
you know, I am taking off these days okay. and that's it. Planning you, ahead. Yeah, yeah. You have to take those days off. Okay. You have to turn it off. So that's, that's kind of the process. That's of getting huge. There. Yeah. And that, that really has been a theme as of late, this conversation about just the simple proactivity of scheduling time and, and the conversations around making sure you're actually setting that time apart for the sake of that freedom and that flexibility. It, you, you don't always have it. And, uh, there are certain stages in your business and in life for that matter where you're a bit busier than normal. Sure. Uh, but it is really important to be on the same page, especially if you're married or, or otherwise with your partner and make that decision that, Hey, this is a priority. We're going to do this. Sure. And, and, and then it actually, if you're serious about it, you follow through on it, you put it in the calendar and you just make it happen. So that's mm-hmm. really important. That's yeah. good stuff. And I, yeah. you know, I mean, if, if nothing else, your move down here from Nashville speaks volumes for, that determination and that proactivity. I think that's really, really cool. And we're going to talk, in fact, this is really a great segue into that. Um, I want to get into the details, the nitty gritty of what your business actually offers here in Mm -hmm. just a second, but talk about that transition from Nashville to Chattanooga. What did that look like? So, we were living with my wife's parents. We we actually it actually kind of started before that. We we made some moves that we we thought would ensure the future that we want. And one was selling the house that we loved and we were comfortable in. Mm. Um, we had school debt. We had jobs that didn't feel like we were where we wanted to be. Yeah, didn't know? make you feel alive. Yeah, yeah. so. We, we made a bunch of moves. We sold the house. We moved in with her parents. We were living in uh, her parents' basement. We just had our son, Max. I had a, you know, a really hard job, very strenuous. And so we, we had determined one of us will stay home with, with Max. Like we, we first, that's the first step. We need someone to stay at home with him um, because part of that whole goal was to maximize our family time. And so we started making sacrifices. You know, we're talking beans and rice. We're talking, you know, when we have an extra $1,000, it's going all to debt. Yeah. And that hurts. But you know what? We had to set our mind to it. It was and a long-term to, play, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's what we did. You know, we we had a chance there to, to not pay rent. So we took all that extra money and we paid our debt off. And we got out of debt. That was... You know, That's huge. Goal number one. Yeah. You know, we're big Dave Ramsey fans. So, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and that was kind of our process. Like, okay, we, we need to get out of debt, use these jobs while we have them. You know, they're good paying. They're not what we like, what we enjoy right now, but they pay good. And we can use this extra money to get in the position that we want to be in. Yeah. Um, to live more simple. So we knocked out our debt. Um, we saved up some money and it just kind of happened to where Jeanette's father, who's been an attorney here in Chattanooga for years, 30 years or so, he lived here, called us up and said, hey, Jeanette, my secretary's leaving. She's been here for such a long time, and I need a new one. Wow. And so the opportunity was there, and so we just did it, you know, like, fear sets in yep. like the, all these changes what's going to happen oh now i'm going to be the one staying at home like stay at home dad you know that's not the traditional thing but you know what we we had a goal and we did it we moved were to chattanooga you, were you already shooting at this point see i had all i had already been doing freelance and i'd been doing that for years but you know it was like it you know i'd have a shoot one month Next month, I'd have nothing. Okay. Next and this month, was photography? I'd have three or four. So, or s- I, so I was actually doing graphic design okay. 
photography, and I was just at that point experimenting with video. And you say you'd been doing this for years. So did you have training in this? What was your background in it all? So I actually started in digital media. So back when MySpace was the hot thing, <laughs> that yeah. MySpace was kind of like my vault into graphic design. Okay, I, I just I, you know I'm a self learner. Uh, and so I, I just started taking all of these tutorials. I found myself buying magazines and trying to learn as much as possible in the graphic design world. So I would start doing these custom MySpace pages. <laughs> yes. I was in a band playing music. Okay. We needed uh, band photos and yeah. posters and T-shirts. I just started figuring that stuff out. Okay. Uh, it's really bad. Don't don't even ask me to bring like bring you samples because they're buried. <laughs> we won't post that. In the yeah, show notes. we will not post that stuff. But you know, and then other bands would need stuff, and it just kind of flowed like that. And word of mouth for many years, it was just someone knew somebody that needed something. And that's what it had always been until we moved to Chattanooga. So, um, you know, while I was doing freelance, it was definitely not enough to support, you know, a, a three-person family sure. and soon-to-be four-person family. But it was a chance to learn, though, too. You know, it I mean, was. Because I think was. we can all speak to the bad photography or design or otherwise. I mean, some of the websites that we may have put together at some point, like <laughs> right. how bad those were. But yeah, you I, hopefully, anyway, you learn from that process and... and Ultimately, you offer a much better product. For sure. It was enough for me to build a portfolio of some sort and to show people what I had done and what I'd worked on and where I want to be. So having examples of different, you know, it just kind of was a roller coaster. It went up and down. So I would have people see some photos that I did and say, oh, I, I need some stuff too. And while I, you know, didn't have the ability to charge what I wanted, um, also was trying to gain experience. And so, yeah, that was also in play was keep gaining as much as experience as I can keep learning as much as I can with the time I have. So was that move then from Nashville to Chattanooga, that kind of the impetus to then go full time? So what had happened was we moved to Chattanooga and, you know, Jeanette had a great job running, uh, her dad's law office and so that was able to support me staying at home with Max and at the same time start putting more focus into my freelance work. Cool. And so at that point I had a goal and I had, you know, kind of a, a mission of where I want to go. I, I didn't know at that point that it would end up being full time, but I knew that I could hustle and grind it out way yeah. more than I could. Yeah. You know, Max was on a nap schedule. So yeah, he had a good two or three hour nap in the middle of the day. As soon as he went down for his nap, I was grinding out work. I was calling, I was, you know, trying to reach, reach as many clients as I could. Um, and that actually segued into, uh, doing real estate photography. And, uh, when we moved here and that was like a, a, a niche that I, had kind of carved out for myself and from there um it just kind of skyrocketed and um you know I was still able to do the other things that I like to do but that was like my day-to-day -day thing is working on real estate photography getting better at it and and build a business from that uh, foundation so how how fast was that jump time-wise do you think from this time the time that you started really throwing yourself into this uh, to the time that you were actually able to go full-time with it all so 
I was at home with Max, and then we had had Leon soon thereafter. And, you know, it was a couple years of, you know, definitely putting a focus on being present with them and, you know, being the best stay-at-home dad I could be. Yeah. You know, parenting yeah. is tough. Absolutely. And it takes a lot of energy and focus. So that was my first priority because, I, you know, me and my wife had agreed, like, you know, even if I can't get to that full-time spot, at least I can look back and say, you know what, I gave my kids my my everything Absolutely. when I was at home with them. Absolutely. Um, and so that was goal one. And then goal two was to build as much as I could. And when we actually were looking for a house here, I told our agent when we were driving around, I said, hey, I, I realized that the photography in the real estate world, uh, it's not as competitive here as it is in Nashville. Interesting. Tons of musicians moving in oh, yeah. and tons of photographers with that. Yep. And of course, they need their day jobs and it was everywhere. And so I saw an opening and I said, you know, it's something that I've been interested in. Let me shoot a house for free and let's see how that goes. So one of the agents let me shoot her house and uh, shot her house. She loved the photos. From there, I kind of had some inspiration. You know, I really enjoyed it. And I said to myself, I, re- I want to get really good at this. I want to get much better. I want to start learning more. And so that's what I did as I was staying at home with them. Nap time comes around. I'm watching tutorials. Yep. I'm getting better. I'm learning. I'm learning how to edit. Yeah. Doing everything I can. And from there, word of mouth spread. She told another agent, start shooting for them. They tell cool. another agent, uh, and you know, and we'll probably talk more about my business philosophy or whatnot. But a lot of these that I shot for back then, I'm still shooting for today. You know, one one of my goals is to always treat my current clients well and treat them like friends and family, even. So uh, it's been good. And so probably in the span of two two years and it was actually last spring i went full-time so we're coming up on a year it's not even been a year but it's been an amazing year and a year where i've learned a whole lot i can Uh, imagine so uh, i'm just excited for for where i'm at and where i see everything going for the future so that's really exciting and and all because you made that that very proactive choice again to dedicate yourselves to your kids, making sure that you created time for them. I think it's a beautiful story. Now, you're commercial and editorial photographer mm-hmm. and then cinematographer and designer. Real <laughs> Sounds est- crazy, Real huh? estate photographer. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about your brand and then ultimately what sets you apart from some of the other photography brands in Chattanooga. Yeah, I would say it's, it's probably... One of the things I have the most fun talking about okay. is, is my brand. Cool. And of course, it's called Creative Revolver. I was going to say, yeah, how did that name even come yeah, to be? Yeah, so I've always been told, and, and you know, it's it's always a top of conversation for me uh, when people say, what do you do? You know, and it's like, do I pick pick one thing <laughs> or do I say a lot of things? Right, right. Where do I go from there? But it, what's funny is people actually hear Creative Revolver and they already get a sense that I'm not just a photographer or I'm not just doing one thing, yep. uh, which is cool. It's cool for me. And I think, I think part of the stigma that I've always tried to, um, I, and I'm currently uh, faced with, is you can't do everything and you can't be good at everything. Yeah. 
And I realize that that's a common thought. And, and I definitely understand where people come from with that. You need a specialty. You know, people tell me, oh, why don't you just do this one thing? You're, you're really good at that. Just do that. But part of it has always been for me that I use, uh, and probably what st- sets my brand apart from other brands is I use those other things in my business, such as graphic design, to influence my photography and video work. Find inspiration through it? Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, and, and even like, uh, like a week ago, I go out and I do this commercial shoot for these apartments. And I know that this is going to be printed. It's going to be in a magazine. It's gonna, there's going to be a copy written on it. So I'm already thinking like a graphic designer. Okay, where is the negative space in this going to be? You know, if they're going to have a big title or if they're going to have certain features that they want to point out in small print, I'm already thinking, all right, where's the best placement for this? Okay. And if you just, I I feel like that's something that, that sets my, the way I look at photography, it sets it apart because I'm not just thinking what's a pretty picture, what's a cool you know, what's, how would this look cropped? You know, what's the best crop on this? And the same with video, you know, using my photography background to influence now, which is kind of a newer thing for me is doing video. Was that a a tough transition to make going from photo to video? Did it seem to influence it in a similar way? Um, describing it actually wasn't, you know, like for video, it was something that I probably messed around with before I ever picked up a, a, you know, photo camera. I was, I had a, one of those old VHS handheld yes. family cameras, you know, and I, I, you know, it was my dad's and I was like, Hey, can I borrow this? I want to do, do some, and I did some really goofy stuff with it, but yeah. I mean, it was fun. And, and I had already kind of, uh, fell in love with like movie making. I remember we went on a trip to Atlanta and, you know, I made a, a big video of our trip and, you know, kind of did the cuts with the VHS, two VHS players connected them and made the cut yeah and you know it's that art already had sort of a background of that yeah yeah, Uh, yeah. so it wasn't too hard but they are different things and so there are definitely challenges and and kind of knowing when to switch one off to go into the other has been something i'm still learning but uh but like i said i think the ability to use those to influence the others is a bonus in, Absolutely. In totally makes sense. Yet yeah, your, your perspective is certainly different than probably most photographers in the area right. in that sense. And I think it's important, too, that I, I don't try to tackle these things alone. Like, you know, I, I go to colleagues, I go to friends that maybe all they do is video and they have been doing it for a long time, you know, all of my ideas are not good, you know, so uh, I'm not proud enough to, you know, or too proud to, to not go to other people and, and get their opinion and, Hey, just tell me what you think of this. If it's bad, tell me, you know, cause I want to get better. Um, I want to improve. So there are so many benefits to community and that is certainly one of them. And ideally you have enough of a relationship with whatever community it is that you're going to, that you know, well, first of all, they feel like they can actually be open with you. Yeah. And you're trusting them that, that they're actually trying to legitimately help you versus kind of cut you down and, and right. discourage you. Right. It's, it's so tough because you, whether you go into a Facebook forum or, you know, back in my day, it was the, the online forums. It's, it's easy to just kind of go into the, 
that's awesome mode, right? right you're going right. to comment on a post or in a picture or something like, that's awesome. You rock. You yeah, know, all these, so good. Yeah. <laughs> when the reality is there's probably some, some constructive feedback or criticism that could be given that could actually yeah. help that person become better. And uh, so it is nice to be part of a community of people that will give you that feedback. For sure. Uh, support system is, is awesome. And that's kind of something I'll touch on later. But having people that you can go to that you trust and know have your best interests, uh, it's so important. Do you have, I mean, all of these different types of services that you offer, do you have a favorite piece of gear, a camera lens, a camera bag or an accessory or something like that? Is there, does one come to mind? You know, I use my 16 to 35 okay. uh, lens for real estate, yeah. and that's, that's I love that lens. So, I mean, that that's my everyday what I shoot with. But what I actually like to get creative with a lot of times is my 70 to 200. And, uh, and you're two, shooting Canon, right? Yeah, shooting okay. Canon. Um, so I have the 5D Mark III. I love that camera. It's awesome. Um, so the 7200, I feel like, allows more freedom and um, I use it in video a lot too because I can create enough uh, disconnect from what's going on and kind of be behind the scenes. You know, I can I can back away and let the moment be real yeah. and make sure that I capture capture the purest moments. Sure. Um, so that's something that I've recently kind of been playing with and i, I love that lens too, I, that so. lens is so great yeah. um i mean it also creates and when you're talking about separation it also creates separation just from the background it's a different kind of shallow depth of field that it, it provides which is really beautiful and then the weight of it combined with the stable the image stabilization built into it i mean you can handhold that thing to a tenth the fifteenth of a second and get sharp images oh yeah and that's huge in video because i will go handheld with that all the time wow and i have a actually have a sony a7 S2 with the Metabones adapter. So I use that wow. a lot and put that 70 to 200 on. And yeah, I just hold the bottom of the lens yep. and that thing is still, yep. I mean, it's, it's great. So you can even zoom in and, and get some pretty killer video shots. Um, you know, I, I shoot a lot of 60 frames and just do a lot of slow-mo with yep. that lens. I mean, yeah, it's steady as could be. So it's, it's really versatile. So that's cool. I'm, I'm sensing that there may be a, a second podcast episode here where we talk <laughs> just about that transition into video, because that's something that I think a lot of photographers should at least be open to considering. For sure. And there's a lot out there that are, uh, I see it all the time. They're like, hey, I need help with video. Like, yeah. you know, some a friend of mine, they want me to do video, but I don't, you know, I, don't, I guess it's assumed sometimes that they do video too. Um so yeah, even doing a, a video episode, that would be cool. We may, because, have, to, we may yeah. have to come back to that. I want to get back though to the conversation, kind of our primary topic today about that transition from going part-time to full-time. We've, we've kind of jumped around here and I like that. It's been a natural flow of conversation, but um, would, you, would you recommend some ideas uh, to, or principles for our listeners to keep in mind if they are in that process of making the transition from part-time to full-time? I know that can be a tough move. In fact, I was just sharing this story, uh, I think it was with my daughter. Um, I was talking to her about when I made that, that jump. I was actually in the optics world. I worked for lens crafters for a number of years. I got my optician certification wow. and then ended up going and working for a, a private practice. And there was some, some drama at the office. And I just wasn't cool with working in that environment. And yeah. um, so before, and I spoke up about it, and apparently that wasn't a good thing to oh, do. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I left before I got fired, but I, I came home and, and told my, my wife at the time, I just said, you know, I, I quit. 
Yeah. And, and I was, we were already shooting at that point, but more on a part-time basis. And so that I was kind of forced into the full-time scenario just immediately. Wow. Just and dove in. Yeah. yeah. Just went for yeah. it. Yeah. But that transition can be pretty daunting. It can. So I I wonder if you've got some, some ideas and principles that our listeners can keep in mind if they're making that transition. I I do. And I have three things that I've learned from experience, things that, that I did for my business. And, you know, I, I believe that these things can actually be applied to many different businesses, not just photography. So the first thing is a principle that I'll say, learn to live on less. Hmm. That's good. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you want to make that jump into full time, it's not going to look the same as your nine to five that you have right now with your steady paycheck. It's not going to. And so you're, you know, venti latte at five (laughs) o'clock after work every day, you know, is probably not going to be a reality anymore. Yeah. 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 So sacrifice is key and, and learn to live on less, you know, one of the sacrifice. It it makes me think too, of the the reality. My, my, uh, my son in particular kind of makes fun of me because I'm always saying hashtag first world problems. And he's (laughs) like, everything's a first world problem. But, (laughs) but the reality is, I mean, when we say sacrifice, like let's put things in context too. you know, the the idea that we might have to give up a $5 lot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like let's, let's not make things bigger than they are. Right. And I think that's important for the sake of perspective. And to your point, this idea of living in a more simple fashion. For sure. Get over yourself a little bit and the ego and and, and be willing to give up some of these things that, that you've kind of given and significant importance to that probably aren't that important. Yeah. And you know, in the, I think the important thing to, to remember, too, is that, you know, when you make this jump, you want to make it as easy as possible to transition um, because the work might not be steady. Yeah. And so not having to pay as much, you know, if you're in loads of debt before you make this decision, it's going to be really hard, you know, and that was something we chose to do. We, we chose to create a budget and creating a budget. That's a plan. And when you know the plan, it makes everything easier to be able to to do that, to know what you can cut out. Okay, yeah. I know that, you know, we can do a, a, a week on rice and beans, you know, spend less than $50 that week and eat, and then I can buy this lens. You know, okay, you just paid for a lens. You didn't go in debt for it. You're not paying for it for six months. Yeah. You just sacrificed, you know, going out to eat every night that week and making the simplest meal and being able to buy a new lens. It's huge. Um, and it wasn't that com- yeah, it wasn't even that complicated yeah, the process. It's, to, it's to not do that. right. Yeah, that's, and that's you know, and, and so there's things you can do while you have your, you know, free freelance and and job, uh, full time or part time, whatever you're kind of into at the moment, yeah. you can use that to your advantage sure. while you do have a steady paycheck. You know what you're getting in. So get prepared, come up with a plan. And yeah, learn, you know, kind of figure out what's the least I can live on, you know, just for a short while. And then later, hopefully you build that business. And much Mm -hmm. like I have in just a year, you know, yeah, we did some extreme things like sell our house and move in with the family. And but we've gotten to a point now where we can enjoy the things we want to do. And we have great quality time as a family. That's so. cool. And, and it reminds me of something that Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with him, uh, but Gary Vaynerchuk talks about the idea of not being fancy, 
Yeah. You know, yeah. there is, and, and it's a good reminder for me even now too, like just, you don't need to be fancy. That's applicable both when it comes to financial management, especially if you're just starting a business and trying to get into this full-time scene. For um, sure. But it's even applicable too when it comes to creating content, the quality of your photography, the, the, the marketing content that you're creating, any, anything that you're doing, a lot of times you just got to, you, you got to put it out there. You got to go for it. You don't always have to be perfect or fancy yeah. uh, in the process, but th- sure. this is good. Learn to live on less. We're going to, I'm sure there's going to be a graphic with just that <laughs> quote on it that we're yeah. going to be pushing out there. That's, nice. that's a great first, nice. first lesson. What's the next one? So the next one is invest in yourself. And what I mean by that is there's got to be things that you put put back into your business and growing your business. So when you do make that transition, and hopefully you've already kind of started some habits within this transition, you're learning, you're constantly learning, constantly getting better. So for me, it was going to workshops and conferences. It was part of investing back in myself. I actually went to this conference, I believe it was in Franklin, Tennessee. It's called Start Conference. Okay. And it was John A. Cuff. Um, and at that conference, and not, and this is not a photography specific no, conference. No, this, yeah. this was which just, is a good good point to make. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be photography. Um, there are a lot of inspiring, you know, workshops and conferences you can go to um, that really just light a fire for you. Yeah, and uh, spark ideas, yep. and that's what this was a part of. And but actually, at that conference, um, there was a photographer. Jeremy Cowart. Yeah, absolutely. So Jeremy Cowart was at that conference. Okay. And he gave a presentation that blew everybody away in the audience. Wow. Um, And since then, he's been doing the same presentation like worldwide. It's all over the internet. Look up YouTube, Jeremy Cowart. And you can find this this kind of story okay. about how he got into photography okay. and how he grew his business. Okay. But that sparked a lot in me to, you know, you have self-doubts. Yeah. You know, conf- having that confidence in yourself, it's, it's hard. You have yep. fears. Yeah. And so part of that, going to that, was me conquering some fears. It's, it's encouraging and, just to know that somebody else did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, if they can do that. Then I might be able to do it too. Yeah, and just getting that encouragement, the the example, the leading by example, but then the encouragement from that is always. Yeah, inspiring. I just remembered too. it. It's called "I'm Possible." Okay, like it's play on the word "impossible." Okay, and he had the odds stacked against him in every way possible, and yeah. it, you know if he could do it, man, and he's shooting all these celebrities all over the world. I mean, he's amazing, and he just lets it go. Then like, you have no excuses. Yeah, you yeah. have no excuses exactly, okay. and so who am I to doubt myself, you know? Right. Um, so that was part of it. And then I actually, uh, went to a workshop, uh, shortly after in, uh, Columbus, Ohio and met with, uh, Ben Hartley yeah. of six figure photography and yeah. style of story creative. And Ben, he and his team really helped me get down to the nitty gritty of building my business and even though the majority were wedding photographers and that's not something that I was, you know, going into at the moment, you know, and that was part of my fear. I was like, oh, well, you know, this is all going to be about wedding photography. I'm not a wedding photographer. Oh, <laughs> why, why do I need to go? I went anyways. Yeah. You know, there's still I, principles there that you can take exactly. away. Exactly. And yeah. I went and it, it was life changing as well. Cool. 
And he's someone you can follow and, Absolutely. and, and get some great education along with this podcast that you're doing. It, it's things like that that make sure you're constantly doing that. You're constantly improving and make paving the way for yourself. Because hmm. as we know, technology improves, more ideas develop. Yep. And you have to keep pushing yourself. You gotta so, stay ahead of the game. So I yeah. like you know, and even you know, in a monetary sense, I, I make sure that twenty to thirty percent of the income is going back into my business. Mm-hmm. It is. I make sure that you know I am getting the latest gear, and you know, even selling my old gear and trying to make that as least painful as possible. You know, <laughs> right. yeah. But keep improving. Invest in yourself. I think it's it's really important. That's wonderful. Uh, take us to. Do you have another one for us? Yeah, I have one more. Perfect. So the last one is set up a support system. So key for me was my wife being in my corner. Ah, it's huge. You must have someone in your corner. If you're married, it makes it a little bit easier because you have that person. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Not always. They're not always going to be in your corner. But at least you have someone to bounce ideas off uh, that you can, you know, go through the fears, go through the self-doubts with. If it's not a spouse, it can be a best friend. If it's not a best friend, it could be a colleague or it could be another photographer that you know really wants to see you reach your potential. And having that, you know, and she takes credit for it all the time. She, she was the one that said, stop doubting yourself and just do it. Yes, I love it. You know, I, I, I would always come up with excuses. And this is even going back to last spring. Hmm. You know, I'd have a new thing every day. Like, oh, you know, we have two kids. <laughs> you know, like, how am I supposed to support a family and two kids? Like, that's just scary. You know, what if I can't do it? Like what if, you know, and I just have all these what ifs and she was there to push me and say, Mm -hmm. just stop and just do it, you know, just do it. I love it. And so having someone in your corner support system, family, set that up and, and tell them what your goals are. You know, I, my dream is to do this full time. Can you help me get there? Yeah. You know, can, can that's I actually call a great you? point too, that, that, that just being very straightforward about what it is that you're working towards so that they are aware of it. Yeah. Have but, that goal, yeah. you know, have that thing and, and even write it down, you know, don't, don't just have an idea and, and kind of not know which direction you want to go in. Like that's how kind of me and my wife work. Like whatever it is that we want to get to, we write that down and we say, okay, this is it right here. You can both see it. So we do everything we can to get there. That's cool. And then you've got something very, very clear to reach toward too. Not only do you have that then to reach toward the person or the people that you're going to are also clear about where you're reaching or what you are reaching toward and they can more effectively support you in that. And I think it's also important to note here. I mean, you were specifically talking about your wife. Um, Of course, we've already mentioned, uh, you know, Facebook groups or forums, places that you can go even virtually to get that support. But I would highly encourage all of our listeners to, and this is something that that has really hit me in the last two or three months in particular, you know, as as easy as it is to go to a Facebook group or to some forum of some kind virtually and have a lot of different conversations, get some inspiration, maybe some encouragement. At the end of the day, we really should be investing in at least a few key relationships, people that we can sit and have some For sure. in-person conversation with that, that can give us a hug, that can give us a kick in the pants, yeah. maybe even yeah. literally sometimes. 
um, and that are real with us, that are willing to actually go deep, really truly invest in a relationship. I, I've been amazed over the last even six months to a year at how little people that you know I thought were friends, even family members, that, that sometimes you just, it, it's amazing how little they're willing to commit to investing in a relationship. And it doesn't even take that much. Right. So, you know, drive 10, 15 minutes to meet for dinner. Right. I'm not that far away. Yeah. Actually block something off in the calendar instead of saying, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not willing to commit to it. People that are really, truly there for you are the yes. ones that are going to invest and commit and they will actually be there for you. They're not just going to talk about it. For so sure. take advantage of all these resources that exist now in 2018, but make sure to find a few key relationships that with people who are willing to invest in you, but ultimately that you're also in turn willing to invest in them. And that's really important to having that support structure. Very important, especially as you said, you know, someone you can see face to face and they can see your pain. They can can see your struggle and they can be there for you. It's very important. That's good. That's good. Well, this is a great way to kind of finish out our conversation here. I want to make sure that all of our listeners can find you online. So go ahead and share your website, social media, where they can go and find what you're doing. Yeah, so my website is creativerevolver.com. You can check me out on Instagram. I post a lot of my current work on there. Uh, That's at Creative Revolver. And then I'm on Facebook, um, backslash Creative Revolver. And um, yeah, and then I have uh, my wedding films, which I actually go by my beloved wedding films. And that's kind of a new thing that me and my wife are tag teaming together we take you know very limited number of of weddings but it's something we we love to you know tell stories so you can find us there and that's on instagram as well um not so much it really uh just the website on the website yeah i do have an instagram i've kind of not or kind of working up some ideas how how do we tackle that yeah new project yeah new project so but the website's there you can check out our our wedding films cool we'll make sure to link to all these resources including the ones that we talked about different workshops and so forth uh, throughout our conversation we'll link to all these in the show notes but thank you so much for making time to do this this has been cool i'm glad we finally got to make it happen yeah for sure thank you nathan i really enjoyed it Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Dot com.